Welcome to Jive Talking. Uh, we're coming to you live from Jolly Roger Sailing Club, where pirates come to play. And today, we have a very special show. Any of you who sail need to someday purchase sails. And we're going to talk to the guy that you probably should go to visit. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Brian Goldberg. I'm the uh, owner of Griner Sailmakers here in Toledo, Ohio, uh, on Edgewater Drive. How long have you owned it? Uh, about three and a half years now. Um, my grandfather started it back in the, I believe, the 60s. And then um, about 2000, he got out of sail making for a while. And then come 2016, he started back up at, uh, at, at our current location. And um, I started working with them. And shortly thereafter, I decided to buy the company from him. Uh, kind of kind of to take it in my own direction and also to help him finally retire. <laughs> For those who may not know, why don't you tell them who your grandfather is? Because I got to tell you, in the community here, and I don't use this word lightly, he is kind of a legend. My grandfather is John Greiner. He's been sailing all his life. He was Commodore of Jolly Rogers here in, I believe, 1958 um, when he was, I believe, 21 or so. Um, and then he's since been the Commodore of the Toledo Ice Yacht Club, North Cape Yacht Club, and AYC. So he's been pretty active in the boating community for a long time, it sounds like. Sure has been. So what kind of boat, tell us a little bit about your sailing experience, like what kind of boat do you own? I don't own any boats. Okay, but you <laughs> sail with people. Um, yeah, I, I like to sail with other people. Um, I'm busy enough that I don't. I don't need to take on the ownership of a boat. Um, we have a family boat, it's 24 karat. It's a Lindenberg 24, which was the precursor to the Wavelength 24. Um, I grew up racing in, in the junior program at North Cape Yacht Club. Um, started in 1995 at sail camp with the Opties, moved up to FJs, 420s, Thistles. And uh, the whole time I've been racing uh, Perf and various one design fleets. Tell everybody what perf means, because not everybody. We actually had a couple of people from Belgium actually log in, so they might uh, not know perf what perf is. is. Perf, performance handicap racing uh, fleet, I believe. Uh, <laughs> sorry, and uh, and it's just a, a a way of assigning ratings to boats for handicapping purposes to race different types of boats against each other on the same course and kind of accounts for how they're built and you know their various speeds now as far as sales go how often i mean at owning a company you probably say every year but how often do you say that people should really replace their sales well it, it depends totally on how each person uses their boat and their sails. Um, if, if somebody is racing, you know, like Phil over here, he's going to have, you know, more uh, performance type sails. And they'll, they're, you know, later in the in your questions, you're going to be asking about, you know, the pros and cons of different well, sails. Well, go ahead cloths. and talk about that now. Um, you know, there's better responsiveness in certain sailcloths. There is also, um, you know, 
varying levels of sailcloth. There's laminates, there's wovens, there's, um, you know, you can go from the tip top with carbon fiber in the sails to aramid fibers in the sails down to polyester. And, and so they all have their different price points and um, different weights, different uses. And, uh, and so somebody like Phil, though, is going to have a I laminate. I should stop for a second. I forgot to have Phil introduce himself. Phil, why don't you go ahead? Uh, I'm Phil Fry. I'm the Commodore here at Jolly Roger Sailing Club and also a customer of Griner Sailmaking Lofts. I got to say, I've been on his boat and I've noticed it. They are from Griner. Yes, yes. And Phil and Phil and I teach Phil a lot, but Phil does quite well um, racing. He has quite a few burgies that he has won. Uh, last year, he won the deep water race for Bay Week in his class. Um, it was What class was that? Well, there there was just one. There was a jam class, a jam and, class. and a and a perf class, and I I I was able to be in front of John Griner. I think <laughs> I think that might have been actually twenty one two years that, ago. Yeah, yeah, that that and John was originally set to do perf, and then he's lining up to go and jam, and I'm I'm looking at my crew, and I'm going, well, there goes our first place. That was a but, wild ride over there. Yeah, and <laughs> so, so it ended up. Uh, because I had Griner sails on my boat, that uh, we did we did quite well. So yeah, but let's face it, part of it's too knowing how to trim them. I mean, I could put Griner sails on my boat, and I'd still be out there. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. So tell us about the different materials. Like, is it the more high tech? The shorter they would last. Yeah. Or? So so I have some samples here, so the the listeners can't see these, but there's various. I'm interested, um, levels of those are all Dacron, and that's different weights of Dacron there. Um, so different weights for different sizes of sails and or different sizes of boats. Um, the thicker the cloth, you know, this is this is ten ounce cloth right there. That's going to be for a bigger boat and or a a number three like a hundred percent jib that you're using in heavier winds. You mentioned number three. Tell, tell everybody what that is, because not everybody listening is going <laughs> to... Uh, I don't really know what that is either. Number three is just kind of a, a code word that we use in the racing circuit as it's the smaller of the three main sails that you would use as a as a four sail, um, whether it's a, a Genoa, whether it's a 155%, which is... Um, you know, an overlapping Genoa, that's going to be the largest Genoa you're going to use. Down to a, you know, a number two would be anywhere from a 120 to a 140%. And then uh, a number three would be anywhere from a 90 to 110. Now, just now, correct me if I'm wrong, but if if your head sail comes back to the mass, that's 100, right? Roughly? Kind of roughly, yes. Okay. Yes. So when you're saying a 150, then you're talking it's going to be almost 50% farther past i mean you to, tell us to how an that extent. Is. so so the the percentages uh refer to the lp dimension which is a line that's drawn perpendicular to the luff all the way to the clue it's the shortest distance from the clue to the luff of the sail we're back in the kringle thing again aren't we here <laughs> i was on phil's boat and he told me to do something and i didn't know what it was and anyways go ahead and and um and so it's it's a it's reference it's the lp dimension which references a percentage of your j dimension the j dimension is the distance from your four stay pin to back to your mast so it's it's very close to 
being able to look at. But a bigger number means farther past the Correct. Mass. I mean, I know if you if you're a person that's super super into sailing, all those would make sense to sense. Yeah, I mean mm -hmm. those. T so on these claws, let's go back to this. Would is a heavier cloth going to last longer, or is it just heavier because it's larger on a bigger boat? Um, it it can last longer, but then if you build it too heavy, you know what what kind of boat do you have? I have a Ted? Catalina twenty seven. So if you have a Catalina twenty seven, and we decide we want to build that out of build a sail out of ten ounce. Um, that's a little, quite a bit overkill for that. Um, you know, it's you're not going to have the responsiveness in the in your sails. You know, in lighter wind, you're just gonna your sails gonna sit there and it's gonna be board flat or, you know, it's it's not gonna, you know, get the shape in it that you want. And alternatively, if we use, you know, a four ounce cloth, that's gonna be underbuilt. It's gonna stretch more, and and you'll end up eating it up right away. So it wouldn't last as it long. It wouldn't last as saying. long. Correct. But okay. having them, you know, a heavy, too heavy of a cloth and building up too much on it, and you flog the sails, that'll eat away at the lifespan of the sail as well. So then, if somebody's going to buy sails from you, um, well, first of all, let's ask. I'm just going to ask right out here out front. Why would I want to buy a sail from you rather than order online? Well, you can come right into the shop. Talk to the people that are actually going to make your sales. Um, not only are we going to look at your old sales, uh, you know, lay them out on the floor with you. What do you like about the sales? What don't you like about the sales? What would you like to change? You know, we can copy the sale to a T. Whereas, if you go online, you're not going to get that, um, and you're going to have significant shipping costs if you do end up sh sending it somewhere. Uh, most of the places online that you can order a sale from. All that stuff is built in the Pacific Rim, um, Hong Kong, China, Sri Lanka. And and there's not necessarily anything wrong with their, you know, manufacturing process. But sometimes you gotta be sure where they're getting their cloth from, you know, whether it's a name brand cloth or whether it's seconds, thirds, and they just got, you know, the bulk rate discount on the cloth. So um, here we use nothing but you know, first quality cloth uh, from uh, the the well-known sail sailcloth companies. Um, you can come look at the sewing machine that we're going to build it on. Uh, you know, when we're in the middle of building your sail, we'll we'll tell you when we're doing it. You can come in, take a look at it, and uh, and and if if there's any problems after the fact, and you buy a sail online, who do you take the sail to? See, you brought up the very thing that I, I don't like that's going on right now. Those of us that are a little older um, remember when you used to have an Ace Hardware everywhere. And if you had any problem or needed anything, you'd walk in there and you'd say, hey, I'm working on my sink and I need this. And somebody could work with you because they understood. And now you go in a store, they, they don't know. Whereas if, if you order a sale from you and there's a problem, um, see, I look at this this way. When I used to sell stuff, I used to say that, are you buying on price or cost? Okay? Price you pay one time, cost you pay over and over and over again. So let's say something's wrong with your sale, and I'm going to use a personal thing. I had, uh, I ripped um, my head sale, and Bay Week was coming up. Okay? And I've never bought a sale from you, and I came in there, 
and then has said I had a tear in my sail and Bay Week was this week. He said, okay, I'll make sure we get this done for you. You might have to, and you explained, I might have to pick it up in the shed or whatever. But the point was, you're here, you're local, and you you got right on it. That, to me, is worth, even if it costs more, I like to use a local vendor. That way, if I have a problem, because eventually, if we don't use them, they're gone. And and the thing is, if we start ordering overseas, we start ordering somewhere else, and like you said, you have problems, you're number 522. They don't give a crap. I'm sorry, but if you call Brian up or you go to see Brian and I got a problem, he's going to look you in the eye. And he's going to fix whatever it is that you need to have done. And like I said, I've been impressed with all the dealings. It might have just been on repairs. By the way, you still have my jib somewhere in your shop. But <laughs> but anyways, so so you're saying that that replacing the sales really depends on the higher tech, the higher, the more often it's going to have to be done usually, versus if you're just cruising around. Usually, and the, the reason for that is if you're buying the higher tech sales, you're using them for racing, and so you're looking for performance out of the sales rather than longevity and durability. Um, the racers tend to be more okay with, you know, giving up some durability and longevity for sure. better performance. For speed, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and and. You know, some I have some customers that they're on a one sale a year program. No matter what, you know, for the last seven years, same customer comes in, and I know I'm not going to sell them a, a whole set of sales, but every year can I I'll be able. Hand me down. <laughs> I, I know that they're going to be in, and they're going to do one sale a year, and and it's just to keep their inventory, you know, turned over sure. and Makes and up sense. to date because. If you you get going and it's it's really easy to say ah, I think our sales are okay, you know we we could probably skip this year and then you know two or three years later you 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 do that a couple times and then you're like well all of our sales need replaced and that's a significant uh, chunk out of the budget so it you know and and that's why you know when you first uh, sent me your questions uh, you asked oh I bought a boat and I'm looking at buying sales what should I do. You know, I I my first uh, my first reaction would be to don't you don't have to buy sales yet. You know, bring all your sales in that came with the boat. Let me look at them with you, and and my job is to you know help you prioritize based on the inventory that you have, and knowing what you want to do with your boat and or program. Um, hmm. You know what? How long do you plan on keeping the boat? Where are you taking it? Uh, how often are you racing it? What's your crew uh, situation look like? See, these are things they're not going to ask you online. Where do you race your boat? Where do you take your boat? How often do you sail your boat? How often are they keeping your boat? They want to know, can you write a check? Can you charge it? We're ready to go. And how big is it? That's only part of it. Like Brian said, why did you buy your sails from Griner, Phil? Well, the number one reason that I that I bought from Brian was I wanted to keep the money local, as you've talked I about. I believe in that. But uh, over, over the last few years, Brian and I have just built up a great relationship. And and this is the type of stuff that you're going to get from Brian. I, I take my sales in normally once a year, and Brian takes a look at them. And, you know, someone who is just interested in making profit would say, oh, you need to replace this, you need to replace that, you need to do this. And I, I took my mainsail in last at the end of last season. Brian's looking at it and going, no, you got another season out of it. He just as easily could have said, oh, we need to build you a new one this winter. But but he didn't. That's what I like. He, and, he, I and, he know, and he knows my boat. 
Actually, he sails by me in pre-start a lot of times and goes, great-looking sails on that boat. Do you yell you're over early like you did when I was racing but was in a different class and well, you were embarrassed? That, but we won't, we won't talk about podcast. that. Okay. That's a whole podcast. That's a whole different podcast. But, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to work with Brian. He knows where I am financially, how much money I want to put in. I do not buy a new sale every year. And then he, he maintains my sails for me, and, and we talk about what my boat needs. He knows, he knows the guys I'm racing against. He knows I like to do well, and, and he knows how to get me at least in the ballpark, and then, and then I have to do the rest. But I'll, uh, as long as he's got the shop, he's got my business. He just built this, this uh, earlier, this, uh, late this fall, early this winter, built a new cover from for my boat so obviously i'm planning on keeping my boat if i'm i've just invested in a new cover for it and uh and um i didn't go the very top of the line and i didn't go the bottom of the line when and my um i'm in a little different situation i got a roller furler so i don't need the one two three that he was talking about with people who have either foils or or hank on jibs so we either roll in or roll out how much how much sail we need, um, but he knows he knows that sail pretty darn well. He built it and and it's in there right now. I think we're doing a couple modifications yep. on it it's this morning. Already to already to pick up actually. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. All right. See. Well, what kind see of cloth? See, gets yours done. Well, of course. <laughs> what because kind of this cloth? Well, what kind of cloth? Um, did, is yours made out of? Well, Brian um, would have to tell you. I know. I know. So it's he's pretty. got a, he's got a polyester laminate, and it's an this intermediate. Is, yeah, that looks just like it. Yeah, it's yeah. a little lighter weight there. Yeah, it's okay. an intermediate. It's not carbon so, fiber. No, but it's a polyester laminate, and that's for for club racing. That's all you necessarily need. Um, I don't necessarily think that you everybody has to have carbon sails. I don't know that it's worth the price point. You know, for for certain boats, there's you know Phil's sailing an an older Columbia 8.7, and you know I don't know that it's it's worth the investment of for, you know we, of the I carbon can only fiber. get it going so fast, <laughs> you know. How many how many years would, is these going to last on Phil's boat? You think? You know, so a lot of times it depends on how often you use use the sails. You know, how often do you roll it up and roll it back in? How many tacks do you do? You know, there's you know yeah, some I of the pros some of the pros they they count their tacks and say, oh, that jib's done, and it's time to buy another jib. Um, Glad my wife doesn't do that to me. You know, the the cloth companies often will will tell us when I ask how long will this cloth last, they say a hundred races is is what it is but in all reality you know you got well over 100 races into that sale and well probably close to 100 races after it's been about three years yeah three years and between wednesday nights and weekend races you got about 100 races on it and and the sale is in great shape we just saw it the other day um you know i i don't see why you can't get six or so years out of a, a racing sale um you know some boats beat up sales a bit more than others uh, you know some cloths are if you put carbon fiber inside of you know this plastic laminate on the microscopic level the carbon is brittle and it will break and be sharp and so it it tends to the carbon tends to eat itself up a little bit quicker than the polyester laminate so the polyester laminate will last longer it's a little cheaper but you're losing performance um, I hope what everybody, anybody that's listening to this is coming away with is this guy knows his business. 
And I mean, uh, and this guy's gonna find out what you need and is gonna help you with that. Uh, I mean, I think that's important because like I said, you order anything online, they'll give you what you want, but that may not be what you need. And then all of a sudden you're unhappy and it's your own fault because you didn't consult with the professional. Well, and, and let me add that, you know, when, if Ted, you were to come into the shop and want new sales, I'd say, well, let me see what all your sales look like. Let's prioritize. Um, we'd lay out your main sale and I'd look at it and say, you know, just like I said earlier, what do you like? What do you want to change? You know, but before even we go to building then, we're going to want to look at your boat, you know, come out and measure your boat. Um, there's so many Catalina 27s out there, and so many of them have been modified over the years. You know, what year is your boat? It's from the... 78. Okay, so you're 78, you're at 35 years old, you know, or... Was that right? Yeah. 45. <laughs> 45 40, years 45? old. We didn't yeah. say new math. It was just he knew sales. I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> Phil is terrible this is no at math. Test. He always answers three. Um, Anytime you so, ask him a math question. So 45 years... You know, how many modifications have been made to that rig? You know, has anything broken and been custom done? You know, you you coming into the sailing community, not necessarily knowing the history of the boat. Nothing. You know, I so it's my job to go look at the boat and determine if I have to build the sails differently than a normal Catalina 27 based on what's happened on that one particular boat. You know, so, um, and you're not going to get that overseas. So nope. what, what I end up seeing is... Um, you know, people will order stuff from certain companies online, and it'll it'll be a nice sale when when they get it. It's a beautiful sale. They bring it in because something doesn't work, you know, and and they say I need you to fix it. Well, then they're going to be spending, you know, another three four hundred bucks for they me might to as tear well it. Bought it from you. Yeah. Well, and and sometimes we're, you know, depending on the sales and who else you're buying it from, we're. Sometimes we're cheaper, sometimes we're more expensive. There's different reasons for for all the pricing. So, um, you know, but what what really, I don't know, it, it hurts me when I have to cut into a brand new sale and tear it apart to fix it, but it also, you know, makes me feel good that, hey, if, if they would have come here, they wouldn't have had to do this. And from that experience on, they will uh, come here for it. You know, you talk about taking care of people. I saw your grandma, I was over at TYC, and I'm convinced that she would come and give you a whooping herself if you weren't taking care of your customers. She goes, <laughs> is my grandson taking care of you guys? I said, yes, your grandson's a very nice young man. It was it was funny just just hearing her, but uh, um, so if I'm looking, well, let me ask you this. What other services do you offer? You mentioned sales. Phil said he bought a cover from you. Do you do rigging? Do yeah, you- we, so we do sales, new, old, um, repairs. We do winter covers for sailboats. Ooh, that's nice. Um, and, and that's usually uh, a nice investment, but it's also, you know, you you're not going to be tied to a shrink wrapper then and you know where the shrink wrap prices 
are subject to changing oh, mine went every, up every year. double from last year, so I might be calling <laughs> Every year. Um, the return on investment usually depends on the boat and, and the cover. The return on investment for the covers is usually four to six years, but if you're going to hold on to your boat for, for that long, you're going to be putting money in your pocket rather yep. than shrink wrapping. Um, it also helps you if you're selling your boat, if you've got a custom winter cover That's a good point. for it. Now, what does it cover? When you say cover, what does it cover your, your just companion weight? When so you we, say cover, what we does do, it cover? We do mast up or mast down covers. Phil uh, recently purchased a mast down cover where we build a <coughs> a wooden ridge pole for the length of the boat, and then uh, the boat gets a weather max cover that goes down around. It's as tight as shrink wrap and goes all the way down to the wire line. So um, and it breathes and it's it's a breathable cloth, yeah. but it doesn't let water sun in. And um, you know we've been using the same cloth for eight years and haven't had to even think about replacing one yet. So um, if if you're in the market for a cover and you're planning on holding on to your boat, it's it's probably a a good way of it's a good investment and a good way to protect your your assets actually. I think this year I paid almost a thousand dollars to have shrink wrap. You and you've up. got to figure around here. Your boat's under a cover for seven months, so thanks I for mean, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Bill, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> you know, we've got a five month season here, so it's 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 a really good investment to make. Oh, and and in addition to that, it's you know we can do mast up covers where it's a two piece cover, and so along with that, we we provide the service of installing, putting the covers on, and taking them off, ooh. inspecting them, storing them, and and there's you talking about annually. You could pay yep. somebody to come. Ooh. Yep. So we service right now. We service about forty five covers, and every year we build about ten to twelve new covers. Um, we wait till they come out of the water in September and start measuring, and um, with all, if if everything works out well, then the boats are covered by the time snow comes. People do take their boats out in September. Some people do. Oh, okay. I shoot for October fifteenth. Yeah. We wait till after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're hardcore. Well. Um, yeah. But in, in addition to the covers and the sails, we also do lifeline swedging. We make new lifelines. We can do running rigging for your your sheets and your halyards. Uh, we can splice. Uh, we prefer splicing new rope rather than old rope. Old rope, you can try to bring it in and see if we can do it, but we might tell you, nope, we got to buy new rope to do that. Um, and then we also do standing rigging as far as stays go, and, um, you know, we do all that. How long does standing rig? I, know, I mean, just give me an average last on a boat. So it, it truly does depend on how hard you work your boat and whether or not the biggest overriding concern is whether or not it was ever in salt water. If it was in salt water yeah. and at any point in its life, you want to get it inspected. Um, any rigging shop will inspect it and see a little bit of rust or corrosion and they'll tell you to replace them because they got salt water damage on them. Um, you know, it, it's boats can go 40 years with the same standing rigging. Wow. Um, we just replaced some that were the boat was built in the early 80s and it was out on the west coast for about three years before it made its oh, way this way. Boy. And, um, but you know, 40 years and and we replaced everything on the boat. It was a Panda 38 and uh, and we did it relatively affordably for the guy and and he uh it, it was 
it ended up being less than I expected it to be and um, and less than he expected it to be as well. And he was going to go cruising, you know, do the big loop and everything. And so this was, you know, an investment for peace of mind uh, for him. But in the Great Lakes and freshwater, you know, it, it's just something you want to inspect your rig and your stays on an annual basis or, or whenever you can. And if something, what I always tell people is if it looks like if you got to ask a question about it, like, hey, take a look at this. If you're asking that, it's time to replace it. It's kind of like, do you think I should reef? You probably should have already reefed one of, the, one of those things. You're already late. Yeah. Yeah. It's too late. <laughs> we probably should have rigged the reef line first. <laughs> yeah. I have to teach you how to do that, don't You I? do. You do. Right. Yeah. Uh, what he's saying is uh, I really don't understand how to reef my boat, and there was a race – we were in one race and i really should have had probably two reefs in the sail and and i had zero and let's just say it was an interesting ride uh, all the way home but um but everything went okay except i tore my head sail and brian was nice he said it would have tore anyways he made me feel good (laughs) (laughs) now tell me about you mentioned this but i tell you one of the things i know absolutely well not that i know a lot about sailing anyways but I hear people talk about spinnakers, symmetrical, asymmetrical. Then they talk about genikers. Tell, tell us a little bit about what the heck is all that mess. So a spinnaker, for lack of any better terms, is just a you know a, a big kite type sail that goes you know it's very rounded when it's filled and it's it's to catch the wind. Usually and historically they were always symmetrical so the same on both sides and you'd use a spinnaker pole to hold out the the windward uh, side of the spinnaker and catch the wind Um, more and more they've been going to asymmetric sails um, and spinnakers and what it really does is you pin the tack on either a bowsprit or on the the front of the boat and raise the halyard and then you got a little less work to do on the bow so you don't have to have somebody you know jibing the pole and, and doing all that um they have their different values as far as you know with a symmetrical spinnaker you can go deeper and farther dead downwind uh whereas with an asymmetric spinnaker you have to ride a higher angle and then jive a few more times um, a jenniker is kind of just a sales pitch of you know it's a coin term that uh it's 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 an asymmetrical sale is all it is <laughs> um but you know to to make people want to buy it they called it a jenniker and it's i it's, want to buy one now i didn't even know what it was <laughs> so um can any boat pretty much fly a spinnaker or does that have to be a certain kind Mo- of boat? most of the time any boat can fly a spinnaker you want to make sure you have an extra halyard for a spinnaker um a lot of boats never came with them, you know, if it was a cruising boat rather than a racing boat, um, or they've been taken off because somebody that owned the boat previously didn't want to use a spinnaker and they just didn't want an extra halyard to uh, goof everything up. So, um, you know, if you if you have an extra halyard, we can rig you up a spinnaker. Uh, there's a few other, you know, blocks that we'd want to add to the add to your deck program, but otherwise. Any any boat pretty much can fly a spinnaker. I got to tell you, the videos I've seen online about boats being pulled over flying those, I'm like, I think I'm good. Did you? How come you don't have one for your boat, Phil? 
Uh, well, I race in, in Jib and Maine, right, right. so we're not allowed to fly a, a, a third sail anyhow. And then when I converted my boat from a Hank-on jib to a roller furling, uh, there was a block at the top of my mast for a, a spinnaker halyard that was interfering with the furler. So I okay. just I, I totally took it off. Jib and Maine is, is the class. I'm, I, I love that class. That's the class I'm going to stay in. And and to be honest with you, when we've got the slowest boat out there on the course, I tell my crew we're really winning when we're out there the longest because a lot of guys finish the race, they're headed back in. We're out there they're enjoying not getting their money's the sunset. Worth, you know? yeah. <laughs> And so it, you know, yeah. So I like Jib and Maine, so I'm not in a hurry to go anywhere. Yeah. So. I just, I just wonder because I knew you didn't, and like I said, I've seen some of the videos, and I'm like, I don't think that that's something I would want to well, get into. For for non sailors out there listening to the podcast, those are normally the very colorful sails. Your jib and your mane are going to be some shade of white or black, depending on how they're constructed. And the and the spinnaker is is different for almost every single boat out there. They kind of have their own colorful look to them. They're um, they're kind of like parachutes a little bit. And you can um, you can almost tell a boat by the color of the spinnaker at a distance. You know which boat that is, and they normally have a very distinctive pattern to them as well. So. And they're they're usually also made out of some sort of. For lack of a better term, nylon. It's a it's a nylon thin thin material. I didn't bring any of that here. That's okay. Um, I did have a Code Zero cloth here, and a Code Zero is kind of a hybrid, um, a hybrid spinnaker that's not really a spinnaker, but it's kind of a spinnaker. Um, and Plus it's, it sounds it's, cool too. Code <laughs> Zero. That it's uh, really it's cool. it's primarily for reaching, tight reaching, and okay. and so that's a that's a very different cloth. That's you could make a jenniker out of that or any nylon cloth as well. So when you, you talked about, like if I'm sailing downwind, mm-hmm. you said you talked about going deeper and having a, uh, a certain, t- tell me what that means. Well, you can sail directly with the wind with a symmetrical spinnaker with the wind directly behind you. Whereas with an asymmetric, your, your sail is not going to kite out as much and catch the wind um it's hidden behind your mainsail so you got to head up a little bit and and get a better angle and you're going to want to you know broad reach a little bit more rather than going dead downwind and and then you play your jibing angles but heading up will also make you increase your speed as well so you're going to sail more distance faster and you know the goal is to make that um sail that longer distance faster than you know a, a symmetrical boat would sail dead downwind a little slower now since you don't okay so who would buy the one to go deeper somebody that wanted to, i mean because let's face it depending on the course is going to depend on if you're going more downwind or going on a broad reach or like who would want to buy one to go <laughs> so typically um the boats that would have an asymmetrical spinnaker are the ones that have bow sprits rigged down, you know, that are designed okay. with the bow sprits. Okay. Um, otherwise, and recently, more boats... That's the boats... thing that came over the corner of our boat that time when I was <laughs> with you and that guy got too close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I said, I think we're going to get hit. Oh, we're okay. Phil says, oh, boy. <laughs> I, uh, I can't say what he really said, but it was something like, oh, boy. <laughs> it was like, oh, boy. Recently, uh, more boats have been going to asymmetric sails 
and without bow sprits, just tacking them on the front of the boat. And, and what that does is it makes it a little easier for the crew work. They don't have to have somebody, you know, screwing around with a spinnaker pole. Um, and, and so shorthanded crews or people that, you know, are just getting into it or, you know, solo sailors. I've been talking to two or three solo sailors that are interested in, in converting over to having asymmetric spinnakers just because they're easier and safer for them to do when they're sailing, when they're racing alone by themselves. Um, Can you set somebody's boat up for solo sailing? Do you guys do that? We could. And, you know, I, we could do that. There's, there's other, other places that'll do that. Um, and, and at the very minimal, um, at the least, we would do is, you know, walk the customer through what they want to do and lay out their options, uh, show them what we think we would suggest. And uh, and that's, you know, if you got a question about your boat and you don't know what something's there for or you, something's not working right, we're here. Just give us a call and we'll come take a look at your boat and and walk through it with you. Um, that's we're here for um, teaching just as much as selling and selling sales and stuff. Um, you know, we want you to be using your your boat properly and in a safe manner as well. Well, thank you very much for coming out today. I learned a lot about sales. Do you have any more questions, Phil? Um, I do not. Okay. Do we have another sponsor, or is it just Griner this time? Um, no, our, our sponsor this section was, for this entire session, was uh, Griner Sales. Okay, no yeah. more Duracell right. or EverReady batteries. No, no more Duracell. <laughs> All right. No All right. more GPS, no more Garmin. Yeah. Totally Griner. Lorance? Can we get Lorance Loran? I don't know. Do they even have Loran I think the brand is still going, but... I don't think yeah. they've got the... <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's... We'll, we'll reach out to them, see if <laughs> yeah, they want to sponsor We'll see about doing that on another podcast. show, so... No. Thanks for coming well, in today. I, I appreciate you guys having me and look forward to coming back on again. You can come back anytime. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right. We can. Uh, All right. Good. I, did, did you give me email?